Science in the End, a weekly podcast that recognizes we're in serious trouble, but stubbornly focuses on how to find community and joy in the chaos. I'm your host, Polly, and this week we are going to be talking about the dreaded P word, prepping. Without the context and the baggage of alt-right nonsense, uh, I'm going to give you a very basic prepping task to do that doesn't just make you a weird, insular survivalist, but can actually strengthen your community uh, in times of trouble. Because I know nobody listens to the very end of a podcast, I am soliciting people for interviews. I don't just want this to be me talking, uh, as much as I love that. (laughs) Um, I would love to have other folks come in. I'm not looking for experts. I'm not looking for people with like tons and tons of experience and things. I am looking for folks who want to come and share a cool tactical thing that they have done for their community. And this could be an action that worked really well, or it could actually be something you tried and it fell apart miserably. And we'll talk through kind of like your reflections on that too and why you think it didn't work so people can learn from it. If you have an idea for supporting your community in climate chaos, please hit me up. I would love to talk. Uh, BarksPH at gmail.com. Yeah, I would love to talk. So let's start with a super quick overview of prepping why it's important in light of climate catastrophe and why it's super critical despite like the cringe factor of the word prepping because i'm not talking about doomsday prepping here like don't go dig a bunker in your backyard you know please don't go get that disgusting like buckets of slop that lasts for 25 years like i don't I don't want to survive in that. Um, You really just can't prepare for all eventualities. I'm like, who wants to live eating out of those buckets? (laughs) Like, pass. So I think instead we can prepare for what's most likely. And thinking um, through the lens of climate, we know that the reality of climate change is that weather events are are going to become more severe and more frequent. So we're really not thinking of like nuclear war. If that happens, like off me, it's cool. We're thinking about like, this is a time where you might not be able to leave the house for a couple of days because it's dangerous outside due to floods, you know, down trees, maybe you're blocked in, or maybe it's even like the existential threat of capitalism, right? You lose your job. I just lost a big client. Uh, but If worse comes to worse and I don't make up that money, I have extra food in my pantry that means I can cut down my grocery budget pretty significantly. So, you know, we're just we're just trying to even things out, right? Saving a little extra in the good times so we have enough in the lean times. And again, this just needs to be really relevant to you. For me, as a freelancer, um, as a low-income household, we need to think about economic issues more than anything else. That's, you know, transparently what we're thinking about. And in terms of climate, like, I'm thinking about a tornado, right? Like, we might lose power for a few days. Like, the whole area might lose power for a few days. How are we going to eat? How are we going to, you know, stay warm or stay cool? Things like that. There's a lot of predictions for a lot of snow. We have tiny cars. We are in the country. Again, it's it's not like I'm going to be locked in my house for six months. It's like, what do you need practically to be comfortable without 
being able to leave your house, maybe not electricity, maybe not running water for like three or four days. I think that's a very reasonable baseline to think about as we face down more flooding, earthquakes, hurricanes, wildfires, you may need to leave, uh, things like that. You can't do it all, but you can do a little bit. And I think for me, within the context of community building, those of us who have the capacity to, you know, buy a little extra when we go to the store and stock it away, we can view that as not being a drain on resources for folks who may need it more, right? Elderly folks who need immediate help, people with medical issues, people living really paycheck to paycheck who don't have food security on a good day, much less when they're out of work for a week or two because of what have you. So yeah, I will drop some links in the show notes and um, on the website, uh, polybarks.com slash podcast slash four, F-O-U-R, that gives some good resources about like basic preparedness, what you should have, but it's it's pretty self-explanatory. Just think through what you need and and have it on hand. Assuming you're kind of in agreement with like, yeah, climate catastrophes are more and more likely to happen. Something's going to affect me. It's likely not going to be world shattering, but it is going to be something that will inconvenience me for a few days, if we all agree on that. Uh, let's go to my task for you which is prepping plus one. So once you're ready and you have, you know, some supplies that will keep you safe relatively and stable at home for a little bit in light of like a flood, you know, cleanup from high winds, you know, loss of electricity, things like that, it's time to start thinking of others. Because, like, let's be very explicit about this. Fuck those alt-right dudes who have fantasies of, like, lone-wolfing the apocalypse and will protect their bunker with a million shotguns and, like, again, the world's nastiest survival food. Like, it's just not gonna happen for all of time people have been in community. And this is not any different. Having, like, penicillin and a high-powered rifle does not change that fact. So even in times of turmoil, think of your community, you're going to be stronger for it and just like a better person. We can't and frankly I don't think want to survive on our own. So do like the airplane people say, put on your mask first but then help others. So prepping plus one, survey what you have and think about what would be most effective to prepare. Because if you're like me, you're on a pretty tight budget and you can't do it all, right? Even getting enough supplies for yourself is gonna be stretching the budget. Pulling together resources for your whole community in terms of everything is probably not gonna be happening. That would be awesome, probably not gonna happen. If you're living with essentially zero extra funds, Focus on something small with tangible benefits and ideally something you're good at. Whatever that turns out to be, you are going to start adding on for your community. And the way I want you to frame this is thinking like, okay, the power's out for four or five days. Everyone's bored. They're wandering around. They don't know what to do. What role do I play in my community? For me, it's food. Like everything for me always comes back to food. That's what I like. That's what I enjoy. I feel like I'm pretty good at it. So for me, it is food. So in the prepping plus one framework, 
I am taking my food stores and adding on things that are low cost, accessible to me, that can work for my community. What it looks like for me actually is the very tactical thing of it is I am going to make chili, right? So if we all lose our power, I have lots of wood, I have a campfire, I have a Dutch oven, and I am stocking up on extra cans of tomatoes, beans, corn, uh, and spices. And I even have like some vegan like TVP for fake meat. And if it comes to it, and we're all out of power, and nobody can cook, and it's a big pain, I can say, to my neighbors, hey, come over. I'm going to have like a huge pot of chili. Have what you want. I also have a lot of flour and yeast, and I would also make bread. So that is my prepping contribution. And it's very simple, right? That that prepping, I've, I've got my own food stores in place, but the plus one is like, I will literally maybe once a month uh, add on to my shopping list, like four cans that's like 250. I can I can swing that. Right? And I just tuck it away and leave it. And as I use them, I replace them. It's that easy, right? That is my future contribution to folks who are having a hard day after, you know, cleaning up a big mess after a tornado and don't have a place for a hot meal. That I can do, right? And it's very simple. Other prepping plus one uh, ideas would be buying an additional power bank. I was reading about a journalist who is or was in Nagorno-Karabakh in um, Armenia. And the big thing for refugees there, uh, Azerbaijan was coming in, was having a place to charge their phone so they could get in contact with their family. So maybe you have a power bank, buy a second one buy two or three just little cheap ones they're like 10 bucks uh, for the cheapest ones and have that on hand with some extra cables so people can come by and charge their phones when electricity is out right you can be that hub I don't know anything about kids but you know maybe you are the one who just adds a couple extra jars of baby food or just you know save a couple diapers as you run to the end of your box, you leave like two or three and and just put it away in a closet where you have some space. Uh, it could just be extra hygiene supplies, right? When you are adding in some soap, maybe like washcloths, uh, you know, hand sanitizer, even like basic first aid stuff, just doubling up on that and having that stored away so that you have enough that you feel you can share freely with with the people around you. So that is my very basic task for you today. Uh, the first one is to kind of get on the prepping train, at least um, philosophically, and then just picking one area that you can be the resource for your community, right? And ideally, as you're beginning to build community, like I think my community knows that I'm, they don't know that I would cook for them in an, in a, in an emergency, but they know I'm the garden lady. They know I've given them bread. They know I tap maples. So they kind of know that. Um, and as you begin to build this community resilience, you can talk about it a little, not in a weird way, very normal way. And then somebody else could be the one that is like, oh, I have a generator. So 
bring your most important food over here. Uh, and someone else can be like, oh, well, I'm the one with the snowblower and all the tools. So when we need to cut up trees and stuff that have fallen, come to me. You know, someone else is like, oh, I used to be an EMT, so I have a big first aid kit, right? So we should not all be doing it alone. We should be coming together and building up a group that can pull their resources. Because again, like we're pretty limited folks in, in time and resources, money. Um, so building a group that can spread that love, even if it's not explicit, um, can be really meaningful. So yeah, start thinking about your role, what you can reasonably add, what you can reasonably share. And again, going back to episode two, get to know your neighbors so that, you know, as you all step outside when the power goes out and are like, what the hell? You can be like, hey, I have phone chargers if you need it. Or like, hey, I'm going to be doing a campfire. Come on over. So yeah, start a little tiny stockpile in a cute, awesome leftist way, not a far right proper way. <laughs> All right. So to end this, I want to shout out to Christine, who emailed me and said, hey, you should have a joy segment at the end of every episode. And I was like, you're right. Against my my personal nature as a cynic, but that's kind of the point of this podcast. So shout out, Christine, you are right. Um, so my little bit of joy today or this week is black walnuts. Uh, in the video, I will show you my very stained fingers. Um, it's black walnut season. They're coming down. I am hulling them, getting ready to dry them and shell them. And it's just so fun to be a part of the whole life cycle of your food. And yeah, it's something that not a lot of people do. It's just kind of fun and interesting. And I find it, it's a physical action that doesn't make my body hurt like it's physical but it's it's very simple and it feels a little bit like meditation that like ongoing repetitive manual labor that's not too difficult is is very meditative for me so that's what I've been enjoying so thanks again Christine for forcing me to think positive and if you have a cool spark of joy uh around you know I don't know community or resilience always feel free to shoot it my way uh, as well as if you want to talk uh, more in a quick 15 to 20 minute interview about a cool thing you're doing or a fail that you tried uh, reach out and yeah it's so nice to hear from all of you I really appreciate all the emails and messages I've gotten um, yeah stay good stay resilient and I will talk to you next week bye